0: This is Lost in the Groove. And I'm Mike. And I'm Dave.
1: We hippies have come together to spark change.
0: So together, we give you our society and culture podcast. So with that, let's get funky and let the intro music play, baby. Really, really happy to have you on. Uh, I've known you for what, about a year? Uh, we actually we met up on Instagram through businesses. Uh yeah. and uh funny enough, we have an experience with psychedelics. So we're doing a whole season about this. Why not bring you on? So thank you so much for coming on, man.
2: Gee, thanks for having me on here. I'm really excited. I've been ready for this ever since you guys like asked Woo! me to be on it. I mean,
0: oh, hell yeah let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to be covering LSD. Uh, some like to call it the, uh, the marmalade sky drug. Uh, but <laughs> the, there's more, there's more to LSD than just the whole 18 hour, 22 hour, depending on, you know, your experience. Uh, other people have traumatic experiences and so on, so we're here to kind of break it down, get a little bit groovy, you know, take us back to 1969 when uh, it was legal. Yeah, there was a time in this country when it was legal, people. That was a thing. And uh, kind of understand what has not been understood. So I always do this because this is just me. Mike? Mike? Yes, I'm here. I'm oh, here. you're here. Okay. I'm here.
1: Wanna... Oh, okay. I'm listening. Wanna... I'm also I'm also doing research and ooh, ooh. What kind of what kind of research are you doing? Well, LSD. That's what the episode is about. Oh, right. So I'm like I'm going through this list of stuff here just to kind of um get caught up and see like what's going on in the world of LSD specifically. Okay. What did you call What did you call it? Or you were saying that some people call it the marmalade of what?
0: No, so there's a, there's a reference. I don't know if you know this, Henry. You, you, you know the Beatles, right? Of course you know. The that.
2: Beatles, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, you know the song Bootsy in the Sky with Diamonds? Yeah. Okay, So hilariously enough, Paul McCartney did a documentary, which was called One, Two, Three, uh, earlier this year and was on Hulu. So in the documentary, They were asking Paul about the inspiration for Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. So he says it has nothing to do with psychedelics. So me, I'm like, (laughs) you know, like, sure. He's like, it has to do with an eight-year-old. You know, it was inspired by an eight-year-old's vision of the world. So I'm thinking to myself for a second, and... You know, any eight year old that's like, oh, marmalade, marmalade skies, you know, uh, looking glass ties, you know, a paper taxi. You know, any eight year old kid that thinks of any of these things? I don't know of any eight year old kid. I was eight years old. I never (laughs) felt like that before. And then it hit me like a thunderstorm. When I took LSD, I kind of acted like as if I was a child. I was younger, like I became more playful. I became more colorful. We all played with chalk when we were kids, you know, on the sidewalk. You remember yeah. that? Remember yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: draw on the sidewalk.
0: Girls used to draw on the sidewalk. Remember how we used to pick all the weird neon colors and draw those patterns? That's how acid gave me that, that visual interpretation. I was very intuitive with the childlike version of me. So uh, what about you, Henry? What was your experience like?
2: Um, from my experience, I've, I've had multiple experiences, but my very first experience, I remember um, I was in college and one of my friends like called me, he's like, Yo, there's this new drug that's <laughs> going around, <laughs> have you tried it? And I'm like, uh, no, like, what is it? And he's like, dude, it's called, it's LSD, like, you gotta try. It. And so I go and I pick up uh, two tabs from him. And uh, I remember him telling me like, oh, you gotta be like somewhere secluded by yourself because you might freak out or something. Um, and so I just, yeah, I remember taking it in my basement one like late night and uh, I was expecting it to be like, you know, weed, you smoke it, like you fill something within like five minutes or so. Um, so yeah, I had taken the one tab and then took the second one because I didn't fill anything. <laughs> and then about <laughs> 50 oh, minutes no. later, <laughs> yeah. 50 minutes later, I'm playing Grand Theft Auto, and I just remember all the colors in the screen just like melting and moving around. I'm just like, yo, it's working. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, what is this? I, I like, I look at my phone. My phone's all moving around, and so I like, get up, run into the bathroom and look at my pupils, and my pupils are just dilated. I'm like, all right, yep, this is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was yeah. probably I feel like um, it just like changed my way of thinking so much because then I was in college. I didn't know why I was going to college. I just basically went because my parents had told me to. But I just started like questioning everything. But I'd say before too, like my mentality is I just I like listen to everyone or what they would tell me and just like go based off Talk that. But yeah. <laughs> After that I literally just like started thinking for myself, like why am I going to college? Like what am I gonna gain personally out of it?
1: What age were so you I, at this point?
2: Um I was I want to say twenty either twenty or twenty one?
0: Wow, am I the youngest yeah. person that's done acid?
1: That's huge, man, for twenty twenty one
0: I did it yeah. when I was seventeen.
1: Oh man. I mean, no, there are plenty of people that do it at seventeen, man. You just haven't met yeah. anybody yet hey yeah uh, yeah i I, yeah.
0: I didn't I didn't have as a cool experience with henry. i my experience was I had a a guy that I did it with. He was, okay, I really hope he's not listening to this. I'm really, I'm not going to say his name. He was my coach in high school. Oh, shit. Oh, crap. Yeah. And he was, he was an older gentleman. He was one of those guys that like, he met, like, he was one of those guys, like he met Eric Clapton. Claims. Right. Okay. Anyway, so he only gave me a half a tab. Now. He basically controlled my entire experience. OK? So I was doing this like with a couple of it, and I barely remember anything. The only thing I remember was and this is very bizarre. I was in Brooklyn at the time, and I saw a gate that went into one of the parks, and the gate kept on changing colors. So it kept on turning from green to yellow to red. And then whenever I was walking into the park my footsteps would change the pavement underneath. So everything wow. around me started changing colors and then just, bam, I woke up and I was on a couch with a cup of coffee. That's all I remember. That was like my very, I don't have a great experience as you do the grand theft auto and the <laughs> high, you know, but it was a very weird. experience. I only like, remember like five or six minutes. Wow. Out of the
1: whole out of the whole experience.
0: Yep. How long do you think that half-tab lasted? He claims I was out for about 16 hours. Of half a tab? Yeah. Wow.
1: He must, he must have had good shit or something. <laughs> something. He
0: claims because I took it at 8.35, and then when I woke up with a cup of coffee, it was 7.03 in the morning. Now, you might ask something. How do I don't remember that seven o three in the morning? Well, when I woke up, he had a clock in the living room, it was right in front of me, and I remember where the hand was pointing, and it was seven o three. So I don't know. That's not sixteen hours. Eight forty
1: five to 703. It's eleven.
0: It's yeah, ten or eleven hours. Why did you... you know what? I don't know, man. He's probably died of COVID. I don't want to be like mean, but
1: you know, well, like it opens up a whole a whole lot of new questions, doesn't it? What? now I'm surprised to ponder.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm pondering. I'm wondering, you know, like I could see Henry's thinking. What's going on in Mike's brain right now? I think we're both thinking this right now. Like, <laughs> What are you about to say? Uh, 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 uh.
1: What's going on in my brain right now is this really awesome THC. And hey. some so, and some Soju. Soju.
0: Soju. So with that uh with that experience you had, Henry, you're telling you're saying that you know you had your depictions of college, which is, is really funny because we, we do have this idea now in society that we're forced to go into college even though a lot of us, I don't want to go to college and I have other plans and other ideas with my career. I mean, fucking A. I've been in doing CSR work for four years and now I'm able to actually get better jobs just based off of four years of customer service experience. So what was your take with that, like your your conflictions with college and what was the direction that you were looking forward after that after that experience
2: well after that um yeah I, I dropped out of school i stopped going because i was taking out college loans too and i just didn't want to incur, you know, more debt especially going into something i knew i didn't want to do for the rest of my life and what
1: so, was what was going to be your what was going to be your major though
2: uh, so really? when I first, when I first went into college, uh, my major was business. And then I switched my second semester of psychology. I, I wanted to be a therapist, but then um, actually my uncle uh, committed suicide, like that second semester. And so I took that as like, I couldn't imagine having like my own clients commit suicide and like how much that would take toll on me personally and so yeah I dropped out of school and uh yeah I just just started working and uh, I still started dabbling in psychedelics a little bit more just you know ask myself questions because I I know whenever I take psychedelics I feel like I can connect so much easier with myself and then like spirit guides, like I'll have epiphanies of uh, questions that I'm asking. So um, yeah, I just yeah started dabbling more into psychedelics. And then that's when I, I like, I was living at Salt Lake City that time and ended up moving to Southern Utah. Yep. With the Mormons. Hey,
0: with the Mormons. I, 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 with the Mormons.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, those guys know <laughs> business
2: oh yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah, oh they run they run things there (laughs) that's pretty uh, amazing
1: though man i mean um so do you attribute you dropping out to the experience you had and the the questions that arose from it were those directly the reason
2: um no i i i feel like it helped me realize like college wasn't I mean, I didn't want to do that. Like, not everyone needs to go to college. Like, that's my parents' way of thinking To It's like, in order to be successful, you have to go to college, get a degree, and then and get a yeah. job in that degree. But I, I mean, I feel like success is what you make it. Like, you can be pretty much successful in anything you want to do, as long as your mind is there. And, so, it's,
1: and, and you leverage the internet.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. It, it, it's it's so crazy because my my dad, he was my dad was came, he was originally from Morocco and he came here in the United States in 1970. My dad was actually not a very big fan of college. My dad was a plumber. Uh, he did construction and he did that all with trade. So he did apprenticeship work and he learned on how to do plumbing and heating and construction and that's what he did until he passed away so my dad was part of the generation where back then even my mom even my grandparents told me it wasn't this like there were people that are going to college but it was usually like the higher elite families that pushed towards college everybody else was kind of like just become an electrician just become a plumber you know why spend money to go to college and then in the 90s we had this whole shift where it just became this whole shift of like, no, 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 you, everybody has to go to college. But mm-hmm. think about this for a second. When did this all start happening? After 1972, once psychedelics were put as substance one drugs, they were banned. We slowly started to see within the next 20 to 30 years of this corporate control of getting more people in a controlled working environment because less right. people can be controlled now they're not taking as many psychedelics as they was before you know there's a
1: there's a correlation between like what you're saying and um and other like other things too so you were wondering you were asking like when did this all come to be where everyone was um kind of pressured to go to college that it became a social norm part of it kind of started in the 1950s man and it actually started with bankers so in the 50s they, you know they kind of got together and they're like hey man we're in the business of loaning money but we can't just loan money for nothing we need to have a product in between so what did it become it, beca- it became the american dream of sorts at least that's how it was labeled so Everyone needs to own a home. You know. every, every, well, no, no, no. Again, the product in between. No, I,
0: I, I understand that. But I'm just telling you, I get the banker's perspective, but I'm like, nah. Well, oh, fuck nah. But, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. you know,
1: <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a transition from houses, the next thing were cars. Everyone needs to own a car. And then you obviously know because of the conversation we're having. What came next? It became college education. So essentially tethering and enslaving large masses of people for a much of their lives. So people who become married couples, become parents, they buy a house, enslavement for 30-year mortgages, buy a car, minimum, you know, three to five years for that. And then when their kids grow up, here's college, that's six figures these days, if not more. So this is like, this is when it began to answer your specific question. Um, But like you said, nobody needs a house. You might need a car, but you don't, you may not need a college education. I mean, for example, um, Henry, you were saying you initially thought of business. I mean, the best some of the some of the brightest minds out there that were successful in business later on in private interviews are preaching to the public and telling people like man I went to college for business and these professors were trying to teach me about business when not even they even owned businesses so they're teaching you out of a textbook but have never actually applied any of these principles
0: yeah so yeah, yeah. I, think so. I think. Yeah, I I think also. I think a really also good important point is, Henry, you know this. I I consider myself a part of the whole hippie culture, and it's not like the whole thing of wearing leather tassels and you know running around naked at festivals. It's not. Yeah. It's it's not really what not. being being part of the hippie revolution is all about. It's this idea of understanding what psychedelics are about. They knew what psychedelics were back then. They didn't know enough. They didn't. They just knew, like, oh, okay, this opens up your mind. And now we have all the tools and the research to back what their experiences and the,
1: are. And the stories and the story exactly and the stories of millions of people so different compared to then.
0: So in your, in your perspective, Henry, you know, I, I know you're a part of also hippie culture. What is, how do you use psychedelics through that aspect?
2: Um, it honestly helped me, like, connect the dots, like, as far as humanity goes, like, and why they took psychedelics back then, as far as opening up their mind and, like, realizing, like, hey, why are we going to war with all these different countries like why are we fighting over you know this person being black this person being white like we're all basically one race and that's all that matters it's like the government just trying to divide us by putting you know labels republican yeah labels like republicans here and democrats there and black here and white there and it's
1: and then like try to socially divide values you yeah. know what, e- what each of these groups value uh, in terms of their um, you know their demographics
2: yeah yeah and to the point i feel like on a subconscious level like because we've listened to that for so long so many people have just started creating their own labels in a way To it's like everyone just you know, segregated and like don't associate with people that aren't like them but i find it cool because i feel like i learn more about the world and how things work whenever i like meet people that aren't like me. and it opens right. my mind
0: even more like talking with people a different perspective is, right and this is this is what we're doing uh, it's it's an eye-opener you know psychedelics especially lsd there's there's so much to learn, and there's so much misinformation and so much putriny and absolute shit. You know, I didn't tell you this, Mike. I, I was reading, I read an article from one of these papers that were saying that uh, LSD is a drug that destroys your brain, and according to this lovely paper, it basically causes your brain to think a certain way where you're fucked so i
1: mean if you got bad lsd maybe or if you just hey, took yeah. too much
0: and i'm like well just make it legal okay just make I mean, it legal you don't have to deal with any of this shit <laughs> It'll that
1: solves one problem
0: well so you got problem number two how, how
1: do you, yeah the problem number two is people thinking for themselves for the for the first time ever. Yeah, no longer awesome. no longer comparing you know uh what is it um roosevelt something uh roosevelt said something really uh, amazing um and it has stuck with me for years since i've learned it and you know c- comparison is the thief of all joy and without psychedelics we're kind of going through these programmatic behaviors throughout our lives from childhood whatever we gain from our parents and then um from our social circles or social uh, our uh, um uh, circle of influence and then uh, and then even beyond that so like that's the that's danger number two is people begin to think and question everything that was once um that was once really really like critical for their like uh bubble of existence
2: yeah Yep, and that that was what I experienced. My like very first first time taking it. It was actually cool to uh like when I was getting into psychedelics. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. There's a documentary called "Neurons to Nirvana," where they talk about how. It was either in the sixties or seventies. They actually used LSD, uh, magic mushrooms, and MDMA, like uh, to help people with problems such as like PTSD and trauma. And uh, it actually it was,
0: it was uh, I, I know you're talking about it, it was uh, it was 1971, and they had a very big problem because the research team at the time, the Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to, they uh they were fighting back because Nixon enacted the war on drugs in nineteen seventy two and it was officially put into congress in nineteen seventy three in nineteen seventy one they started doing these medical trials, and it was it was awful like they there was a point where they would go to their offices like they were doing the research, and they would just like just destroy all their equipment oh, wow. the government would bring people. You know, so it's just pushback. Fucking pushback.
1: That makes sense, though. Makes a lot of sense. If we think about, um, you know, that period of time, the, the scientists who are researching it are most certainly upset. If we think about any of the, um, any of the scientists of today... Uh, and compare it to some from back then, um, the ones the ones of today just don't have the same type of backbone. You know, they're just so hungry for funding, so they'll you know they'll conform. Um, but forty years ago, we had people who understood the the absolute necessity to be able to study things because that's how we'll, that's how we'll learn if we can study them. But if you if you ban them and you destroy people's labs um, and prevent them from, uh, especially think about it back then, right? How, how much funding is important today? Think about how important it was back then. You need, you need money to, to, to run these programs. And so, yeah, it's uh, like those guys wouldn't have stood for it, but there wasn't much they can do. These days, the, the government has total control over uh, a lot of these aspects of chemicals and their research and their their further developments, but things are changing. We've been seeing it, man. That's why we're talking about it now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I believe it's decriminalized in Washington, Oregon, and then I don't not LSD is not decriminalized in California but they decriminalized the uh, mushrooms Colorado.
0: in Colorado.
2: Uh, oh, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: you know, Henry, this is this is a point where we are now where these things are no longer becoming a problem because they never were a problem. They're only a problem because <laughs> someone that had no idea i'm sorry not someone a group of idiots and morons didn't like the way that it was affecting people well you know what instead this is the boy this is the problem with politicians They never can say that you know what i fucked up i'm sorry <laughs> let's let's try to let's try to fix this let's see what we can do they never can say they're sorry never or what if,
1: or that they don't know and maybe we should spend a little more time learning
0: about it. What do they do? They ban it. They right. put it on the levels of heroin. How the fuck is opiates, okay? They give they Percocets are legal, okay? Uh, what's the other one? Oxycodone is legal. Uh, hydrocodone is legal. This stuff can kill you. Anyone that takes this, it can kill you. It has a rate of death higher than LSD, higher than heroin. This is completely legal. But no, LSD is bad for you. It's so bad that we're going to make something that can actually kill you quicker legal. What the fuck? I, 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 how does this make any sense?
2: Because LSD I feel like it's a cure like in a sense it it helps people heal as the, all the other things it's like you're relying on the government and you're like spending more money on opioids because you're getting addicted which you can't get addicted to LSD
1: yeah maybe not yeah maybe not physically but possibly just like really like just like psychologically like i like this experience and i like where it takes me and then maybe you overuse it but yeah even that has its limits
0: A a point to bring out especially with psychedelics is this is a very important lsd is preparation you know i the second time i took lsd was a lot better than the first Fortunately, I don't really remember that much of it either. Very weird part of my life, whatever. The point is when you're coming into something like LSD, you got to prepare yourself. You can't just like decide like, "Ah, oh, I finished work. It's Friday. I'm going to pop the tab and it's going to be great. No, you're going to be fucked up because you got stress, you got anxiety, tons of pressure, and you're exhausted. You have to prepare yourself. And I'm saying this because people are going to listen to this like, oh, they're promoting to do LSD whenever the fuck you want. No, we're not saying that. Don't do LSD when you're out partying and you've had 13 different cocktails, including a Shirley Temple. It's not a good idea. Terrible idea. Be smart. I mean, come on. Everybody's got to be smart about this. And of course... You're dealing with psychedelics, of course, you have to prepare yourself for something like that. It's not just uh...
1: I disagree though. There there are people who party on LSD. I've met so many of them that are like, yeah, a week okay, of working. But,
0: okay, but, but and they but, have experience, of course. Okay, you know, but but I, I get that, man. But when we're doing this together, right, you can't promote that because the problem is then you give these people a false perspective and idea of like. There are people like that, right Henry? There are people that like can That's can go what out. I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm
1: saying. There, I, but I'm just you know.
2: I would just say like if you're gonna take it, be responsible about it. Like don't go and drive your car or operate a motor vehicle or anything. Like if you're gonna take it. At least it's, get an Uber somewhere if you're gonna party with it. Um when I take it, like, I like to go camping with friends and just I'm out in nature.
0: That sounds, that sounds, I've never done that before. Now, see, oh, come on, man. I want to do that. I want to <laughs> do should,
2: that,
1: man. You that should. sounds ideal. Hey,
0: maybe I can come that's, out to California. That's Calif- kind of
1: the whole point, isn't it?
0: Maybe yeah. I can come out to California. Maybe we could, maybe we could do a camping trip. Do an uh, LSD I'm planning camp-, a camp.
1: I'm planning a camping trip.
2: Uh, This next, this next year, I will. I'll tell you the dates after.
0: Hell yeah! I'll book the tickets. Fucking book the tickets.
1: (laughs) Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree's nice, man. Uh, I
0: did. I told you this. I did peyote on it. I did peyote in the Mesa Desert in Israel. Dude, there is nothing like doing psychedelics in the desert. I, you know, now I understand why I'm Jewish. Now I get it. How they managed forty years in the desert? They did psychedelics, <laughs> they were forty years high. in the desert. Yeah, <laughs> in. They
1: were fucking high. <laughs> fucking high.
2: Beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. But well, that's
1: you... yeah. Go
0: ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna. I... <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna freeze. mate hey.
1: uh, Yeah. <laughs> what i was gonna say most importantly is like just for for all listeners to remember like none of these episodes are a you know a a content a piece of content where it's suggesting you go out and do this these are personal experiences and though just like what dave said and what henry said like you should be responsible you're you're an adult you know if you're if you're doing these things do them at your own risk but the most important thing to take away from it is that um, the experiences that we're sharing with people is so that um, it, there, we can bring a little more awareness to the positive aspects of what these chemicals are doing to people. Um, that This is probably the most important aspect of all of it. Yes, you can probably have a great time on these things. I did say that I have met many people who most certainly do party with these uh, with these drugs um, after a long week, Um, among many other things, I'm sure, too. But when you say, Dave, preparation is important, I think that is more so relating to individuals looking to heal from it. Like you said, um, uh, Henry, you were were saying like it, it can heal people. It can do these amazing things. Well, for individuals looking to walk down that journey, then yes, preparation is most certainly important. Um, Jumping into it without knowing exactly what you want to achieve um, is gonna be tricky. You may discover things that you're ready for and you may discover things that you're not necessarily ready for. Um, So so like, I wanna lean towards uh, asking you, Henry, when you did this the first time, how long until you decided like, hey, I think I'm ready for, for my next try? And what were your expectations like? Were there any expectations?
2: Um, usually, I think after my first time, I did it again, maybe like two or three weeks after, but I like went hiking. And uh, like I was telling you guys my uncle committed suicide. So that took like a big hit on me. I like kind of blamed myself for it because I knew like under, when people are suicidal, um, you don't want to leave them alone just in case they do hurt themselves. But I had been spending like the past three to four days with them. And uh, like the very last night, I was with another uncle and he was like, oh, just leave him, he'll be fine. And I had work the next day. And so I like shot him a text message that night to like make sure he was okay. He responded, went back to sleep and then I found out the next morning he had committed suicide. And so, um, yeah, it took like a toll on me a lot. I dropped out of college um, and then from there I like, started taking psychedelics and it kind of helped me like realize like, Hey, even regardless of if I was, would have been with them like that last night, he still had these tendencies. Like he was sick and he probably would have done it anyways. He was drinking a ton and mixing it with uh, just different antidepressants. So there was like nothing I could really do about that that's a good point um, yeah yeah
1: that it's like uh, that that cocktail of things definitely enhances um the the issues the uh the feelings It it can um strengthen the um the desire it makes it, thing, it, it yeah it
0: makes it makes things eat. i mean i in a way i can kind of relate i mean my cousin she committed suicide a few years ago and i didn't really know her very well her husband was a a piece of shit he got her addicted to really terrible drugs and just destroyed her career i you know she lost her nursing license she just was broke and when i found out that she died it killed me i mean for the past four years I've seen so much death. I mean, my cousin died, my aunt died, and then a year later, my dad passed away. People are afraid of pain. People are so terrified and mortified of pain. But pain is what what makes us heal. It what's, helps you grow. It does, and it makes you a stronger person. You know, sometimes, especially like with LSD experiences, it can be painful, but it's the pain that helps you heal. Again, I'm talking about healing wise. I know Mike, you're talking about people that want to do partying, but what, what I was kind of focusing on is the healing aspect. But I think it was what Henry was talking about too, going through the suicide with your uncle, dropping out of college. It's a healing period that's that's very difficult to get over. Yeah. You don't know what to think you don't know what to do yeah well that's
1: why i had that follow-up question is you know because i wanted to clarify in between a lot of the things that we had talked about and what you had mentioned uh and that's why there was a follow-up of just like cool what happened after the fact so you had lost your uncle and that's when you decided like hey i'm going on a hike this was a few so from the time that you did your first tab or two tabs Two tabs to to the to the time where you went hiking in between those two weeks that's when your uncle committed suicide
2: oh, oh no that's probably a month after but yeah a month after that yeah
1: so the, the second time was like just a couple of weeks later you were going hiking what were your thoughts about that that's where my follow-up was really kind of aiming towards is trying to understand like cool what drew you back to the experience um what made you um like what kind of expectations did you have like oh. you experienced it the first time yeah. and you were like you're like cool man i'm realizing a lot of things yeah did you did oh. you think you please
2: yeah, yeah no what led me back to it was just like how oh how like opened my mind was and i felt like my perspective on life just changed completely as a person um like i went from you know you didn't say like being a sheep into just like questioning everything like you said earlier like i started questioning everything Uh, i started like looking for answers and what I want to do with my life rather than listening to what everyone else thought, what was best for me. And, um, yeah, like I said, like, I just, I felt like connected with myself. i would never felt anything like that. And so it's just like a good feeling kind of, kind of like when people say they go to church and, you know, they get like the Holy spirit or they like just feel this warmth. Like I, I felt that, with the psychedelics and i was like i just wanted to explore it a little bit more and also become like more self-aware of myself and it also allowed me to like look into shadow work like uh you know just generational curses and like why i did certain things the way i did them and that it was from like my upbringing from like parents they're passing off things and so just Becoming more aware of those things, like, things or actions I can take, you know, to change those.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's an incredible experience. <clears throat> I I don't know if I've spoken about this before, but I, a lot of the times, can't remember, like, for example, only a few parts of this year I remember. Uh, and most people would think, like, oh, my God, that's that's fucking insane. Why don't you remember, like, most of the year? For me, it's where I've gotten to a point where I'm able to block off certain points and parts of my life that are not important. So even though I can't remember all 365 days of the year, it doesn't matter. I only remember what's the most important. I, I do suffer from PTSD, but it's weird when I do have those experiences, it becomes a third person. It becomes where I'm a bird eye view of it. I, I kind of feel like the glue is starting to pull away to where I'm no longer connected to it. So I, I definitely see your point, Henry. You, you develop this self-awareness of yourself of, I don't have to be connected if I don't want to. Because before, you're like, but I have to be. You don't know why you have to be. But then you realize yeah. you don't have to be. You're just being yeah. you have to.
2: and it was cool too because like my like certain parts of my family like uh were alcoholics and i like saw (laughs) how they acted when they were drinking just like fighting arguments and like with my uncle passing away obviously he was drinking heavily before and so i like Knew I didn't want to go down that route, and the fact that like I was taking LSD was opening me up to like just who I am, and it was like a positive experience. Like I felt like I gained something from it every time and healed certain parts of myself. Going into it, uh, I felt like it was a lot better than you know taking pills or you know getting drunk just
1: going through alcohol cases
2: of alcohol right i just kind of stuck with that over those that's positive
1: that's very positive man like you you decided you know maybe um maybe much sooner than you would think that like this life isn't for me really and but how do i break free of it through all the generational programming um take us through that um that line of thinking, though, like each experience, did it in fact bring you new clarity. Through the journey. Through so the journey. yeah, Dreams through the through like, so eyes. the second time, so the second time around, right? Two weeks lapsed, You're deciding to try this again. Did you notice uh, any other changes in your thinking, behavior, or like um, epiphanies awesome. of? I would
2: say, uh, like, I became more, like, just artistic. Uh, I remember growing up, my my parents split when I was, like, four, but I remember, like, my first, like, two to three years living with my mom. I was actually, like, pretty artistic and into art. And uh, it wasn't until I, like, moved with my dad I got into sports. But I think, yeah, taking it just brought me, brought me back to that like childlike nature. And I got back into just like art, drawing, Uh, I got into photography and then just allowed me to observe. I I feel like I became more observant of everything as well. Um, And just trying to like, learn like positive aspects, certain things I'd wanna do, like look for positive things rather than
1: Negatives. So, like to this day, as you continue to like go through these experiences, are you um are you still seeing changes in behavior? New epiphanies arise. um uh, So that was you were twenty years old. How old are you now? So I'm
2: twenty eight now, and uh, okay, you don't look. I I <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, I. I I continue to use them. I still use them to this day, just like not as much. Like I feel like I don't need to use it as much now. I can like somewhat tap into like that feeling, just breathing and meditating now. Like I don't really need uh, LSD, but like I still contribute it to like getting me to this point.
0: Fascinating.
2: Um, yeah and i'd say like i've become still more like artistic in my craft um and when i do take it i like do have epiphanies um but more so now i just honestly i enjoy like people that have never tried psychedelics i like giving them their first experience to like seeing what it is for themselves and so they like know what it is and it's it's been interesting. Like I
1: You've become a shaman, is that what you're saying? <laughs> a little bit,
2: yeah. <laughs> I get more joy. I get more joy out of like taking people, especially like I'll take people on hikes or in nature, and they can yeah, they can have their experience and I'll just like,
1: just what drew, like yeah, guide them. What, what what drew you to nature specifically with uh, with LSD? Um, I just like how
2: calm and peaceful, like just being in nature is. And I feel like i I gain understanding of who I am through nature. I feel like if a lot of people sit and watch like nature spend more time in nature, they've learned a lot about themselves. it's
0: it's a very <clears throat> it's very true. I mean, i i I love nature. I love camping. I love being in the outdoors. And I get that. The re- From my perspective is when you're on LSD, when you're on a, f- just picture this scenario, you're in the, you're in a forest, there's no light pollution and you see the night sky mm-hmm. and you can hear the birds chirping, the night birds, they're chirping. And if you're in August, you can maybe hear the crickets, you know, they're crackling their knees. You have all these noise and all of these the colors and the light and the trees and the ground and the feeling and the texture when you're on lsd and you're hallucinating you become the nature yeah you're not in nature <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah i, 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 I definitely, I, like I, definitely I definitely get where you're coming from
2: yeah and it's it's incredible too because when I like take psychedelics and I'm out in nature, I have like some of the most profound like experiences. Like there was a time myself and two other friends, we were hiking up um, in this canyon and I was just whistling. Like I like to whistle when I'm out in nature and like me and the other friend, we're whistling and out of nowhere, we had like 40 different birds come and swarm around us and they were whistling back. To Like I saw Cardinals, I saw Blue Jays, I saw like a swallow. Like I was seeing birds I've never even seen before. and I like couldn't even believe the experience. But that happened from whistling. Um, There was another time like a friend and I were hiking. We came face to face with a mountain lion, and like the mountain lion didn't do anything. Just sat there, like looked at us, let us go right back down the mountain. Um, yeah, you just and I, I feel like animals too, like they they can feel that presence of LSD like they know something's going on
0: It's, uh, it's strange because George Harrison was one of the members of the Beatles. When he left he was always very spiritual uh, He was open He did psychedelics When he left the Beatles, a lot of the music he created was inspired by nature he used to go out in nature and he used to strum his guitar and create the music that he made. And I urge anybody to, to do this. You can listen to some of his albums and his music. You can hear the experience, his connection towards nature. So what Henry's saying is, in a way, so true because the nature connects to you. There's this idea in Buddhism of, Nature is not real. It's not fake. It's more of your own creation, kind of how you mold a, a, a clay pot in your hands is what nature is. And this is something that, unfortunately, this country has murdered millions of Native Americans and destroyed. But this is what Native Americans did for 12,000 years. You know, you might say, well, why the fuck didn't they like build cities Where they live in stupid teepees, like they had the ability to do this. The reason why they didn't was they each tribe had a different connection to the land that they were on. Some connected to the waters, so they wanted to be as close as they possibly can to the rivers, to the oceans, so they could fish. Some felt more connected to the fields. They wanted to grow corn and plants. You see where I'm going with this? All about they making nature for themselves as their own. And that's the whole experience when you put it into that view.
1: So, um, Henry, when, um, when you went through this experience and you realized how much nature was um, kind, of, kind of getting integrated into your life, do you continue to do it even without LSD? You still go hiking, right? You still do those activities um, without the intention of taking something. It's more so just to be out there.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so yeah, I spent, I'll go hiking, and I since there's not, (laughs) there's mountains here in California, but if anyone's ever been to Utah, like Utah, like we're spoiled when it comes to mountains. Either, but like I do like the beaches too, so I'll go and uh spend time at the beach, just sit by the water and listen to the waves
0: crash
1: right, on the cr- crash on the, the rocks, sh- the shimmer of the water from the sun. And yeah, y- you've probably hiked a lot of the places I've hiked over the last ten years, all around these mountains. Yeah. So I i can only imagine we've probably done a lot of the same ones because there's oh. uh, there's a lot. I mean. Are you in Southern California?
2: Yeah, SoCal, yep. Okay. He's in so
1: Los like...
2: Angeles.
0: He's in Los Angeles. So both of you on the same place. Me, I'm here in the <laughs> East Coast, with zero degree weather outside. So this Jeez. is something like people do not appreciate. You guys are in great weather and you guys have great landscapes for hiking. I mean, out here, sure. it's jack shit. We got...
1: And five five dollars a gallon for fucking gas. Oh,
0: <laughs> there's a gas station so, I saw the other day.
2: It was like six. I was like, "Are you kidding God me?" God
1: damn!
2: It's ridiculous. It's getting crazy out here.
1: I know. I have some associates who own gas stations. I was just asking them, like, you think we'll hit ten? And they they were they firmly believe like there's a possibility that we will reach ten dollars. That is insane. But um, I would literally be biking after. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a good thing. You know, my job is three miles away from where I live. So I'm, I'm blessed in that regard, but seriously though, um, the things that you have described, a lot of people have described um, in their experiences and it's just remarkable to see it again. And again, I myself have experienced it. Dave has experienced it and to hear it from numerous people Um, for example like your connection with nature and kind of the peace that you found there you didn't quite nobody quite understands at first but as you continue to do it you kind of find this connection with the planet very similar to the connection that you made with yourself for the first time right the the self-awareness that you're getting well the awareness that comes about you when you're connecting with nature and you realize just how integral it is that, like, we are part of this environment, and um, and it's very, very important. Just like what Dave was saying, that we can we can make the environment just as much as it makes us. And look at what humanity's decided to do: just yeah. city cities everywhere, 7-Elevens on every corner.
0: Yeah, you
1: know. <laughs> yeah. With the, but, um, uh,
0: with the hot dogs and pizza. Four o'clock in the morning and taquitos
1: don't forget don't forget the cream cheese taquitos jalapeno cream cheese taquitos (laughs) we don't have
0: those we don't have those out here
1: i'm sorry to hear that oh what
0: yeah we have uh buffalo chicken taquitos and cheeseburger taquitos but we don't have any of the cheeseburger okay
1: whatever What? okay what about the monterey jack chicken ones
0: rarely we usually have those in the summer
1: ah dude you're missing out on the you know what for the most part, the jalapeno cream cheese can't be that bad because anything else that they got on that taquito menu can't be all that kosher.
0: No, no, and I don't eat pork either, uh, even though but... even, even though I don't keep kosher. I love how we went from set, you know, LSDs to 7-Eleven. But before before we wrap up, we got every... lost in the
1: groove, man. Oh,
0: hell man, hell yeah, <laughs> man. Before we wrap up, I think it'd be a good time to put a spotlight on Henry. You're going to be here for another two episodes. But we want our listeners to know, who the fuck are you, man? Why don't you and introduce where,
1: yourself? And where can they find you on social media? Uh,
2: so my personal social media is Henry IV Kemp. Um, and then I also have a clothing brand. David's actually wearing a sweatshirt right now. It's called Hippie Culture.
0: With the tab of acid. Um, With the tab tab of
2: of acid on the top. Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) Yeah, that's my little, that's also, what. yes, psychedelics got me into just like the fashion industry too. And just like my brand's about bringing humanity together, like breaking all these labels and social groups and just helping people to come together and realize like, yeah, at the end of the day, we're all different. That's like the unique part of ourselves. But we can be different and still like mingle with one another and accept each other as we are.
1: Right. cohesiveness.
2: Yeah.
0: And to leave off, I'm going to quote John Lennon. This is what I do. John had a song which said, all we are saying, all we're saying is give peace a chance. With that, see you guys. Henry, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. God bless you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming
1: on, man. Thank you so much, man. Before before we go, though, like one last question for you, Henry. I think uh, people would want to know this before we have you back on. Um, If someone was considering giving this a try, like, what advice would you have for them? Just one piece of advice most critical one if they were like i think i want to try this
2: um i'd say big thing is becoming an observer don't don't engage into like every single thing that you're thinking (laughs) because you're going to have a lot of things come through and it could be traumatic it could be good but just don't engage, just observe everything, take it for what it is and learn from whatever insight you're getting from taking the LSD.
1: Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Alright guys, we have reached that time in our podcast.
1: This has been great. It has been fun and we got Lost in the Groove.
0: So stay tuned. Every Tuesday, be sure to check out a new episode of Lost in the Groove. It premieres about 2 a.m. in the morning. And our other channels, Sham Bam with Mike and Dave, which is our Patreon podcast. And our extra special, The Shindig Variety Show, our YouTube podcast.
1: Links will be down in the description box so you can... Vote for what topic we cover next season.
0: And what other kind of content or new ideas and stuff we have to offer. Thank you guys so much for watching. Catch you guys in the next one.